Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah. And who the ball, ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. The professors are in the building. It's time to get into this lecture. Welcome to episode 229 of Inside the HBCU Sports Lab Radio Show and Podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports from institutions large and small, from the NAIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Khalil. Along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, we're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to our Case Waves 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, I should say multiple Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Before I get to y'all, I got to give a shout out. We have none other than Brother Robert. That is the distinguished Brother Frederick V. Roberts, Esquire, extraordinaire. Appreciate you showing some love, Brother Roberts. Frank Nelson is out there. Juan C. Hill is in the house. Top dog. I see you on. Big time. Previer and them boosting alumni. He cracks you up at the basketball game when you're sitting at the seats, man. It's hard to watch the game because he keeps you laughing, rolling. <laughs> Wildfire. Will Marceline Sincere. Let's go. Talking about representing the Florida Memorial University Lions. I see you down there. Let's get it in. Chuck Hunt, always in the building and always making us. We got Karen Griffin greetings from Southern Cal, always representing that West Side, as they say, West Side, the best side. Come on in here. Let's get in here. Who else we got in here? James Knox, VUU for life. Yeah, that's CIAA basketball time. But we're going to have to talk a little bit about, uh, I think you got Winston-Salem State representing out there making some noise. Uh, 3-0 this month, despite not having the head coach, Cleo Hill, versus Virginia State or Shaw, still getting it done, without the leading scorer in all three games. You know, COVID is real. Check it mm -hmm. out. Only had eight players in those first two games. They just keep winning. Shout out to the Rams. You know, it's courtesy of. Stephen Gaither, you know, he's going to make sure you understand what's going on in CIAA. And it happens to be the Winston-Salem State is doing well, the Rams. You better know he's going to let you know. So we're going to be able to make sure we keep some eyes out to see if Winston-Salem State is for real. It sounds like they are. We're going to see. It reminds me a lot what Texas Southern is doing over there, what they did against Valley with seven players, putting up 100 points. That was just amazing. But we'll oh, get wow. into some of these matchups coming in today, and we'll do that. A little further in the second half, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't get that out there. 
Chad Cooper is in the house. Dwight Moore, Noel Price. As we said, Ricky Bourbon is always in here. Talking about the lab, baby. Yes, we in the house. Dwight Moore. Ah, Doc, we didn't finish the rap yet. We're going we gonna to get, get it in. We're going to make sure we get in there. Good evening to the deans, Professor Bishop, Professor Watch. That's right. You see, your boy got my little vest on. You know, I'm showing out a little bit today. <laughs> y'all, y'all tell me, your boy, please. See, I came from the <laughs> I'm ready. Yes, James Knox said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Shout out to Coach T.C. Taylor for a bit, uh, being appointed to the Senior Bowl coaching staff. Nice one, Price. Nice one. I see the lab. Bring it. We're going to get it in today. With that being said, let me go to Professor Bishop, as everybody says around these parts. Professor Bishop, what do you have on your mind? What's some news out there that you think needs to be shared with the people? Let's start off with this. The SWAC Baseball Tournament uh, will be held in Birmingham, Alabama. The SWAC announced the site for the upcoming 2022 baseball Tournament, the event is scheduled to be held May 25th through the 29th in Birmingham, Alabama at Regents Field. This is a statement from Commissioner Dr. Charles McClellan. We're extremely excited to host our upcoming Swag Baseball Tournament in Regents Field in downtown Birmingham. Regents Field is a first-class venue with all of the amenities needed to host what we anticipate being a truly memorable event for our student-athletes, coaches, fans, and supporters. So, Swag Baseball Tournament, 2022 Baseball Tournament will be at Regents Field in downtown Birmingham. Oh, interesting. Moving from Huntsville, obviously it was scheduled early on for Jackson. Couldn't quite meet some of the specs there, so they did a last minute change to Huntsville. Great facility up there, but now they're bringing it, sliding it back down to the center of Alabama, if you would, in Birmingham. Should be fascinating. Historic in terms of Birmingham Bears. Obviously, it's not the old uh, Ricky's Park, but uh, historic in terms of names uh, in that nature. Should be fascinating. Great facility, in my understanding. So COVID continues to, the, to find a way to turn around. Maybe I can get the baseball. I'm used to going to baseball. I love coming into those games. They're exciting. And now we got the expansion mode. It's going to be a little tighter in terms of those type top eight teams. You know, <laughs> got to do a little more to make sure you're in the mix. Similar to That's basketball. Getting, getting, yes, Indeed, getting back to basketball, let's see what uh, Professor Washington has to say as he's on the road, but he finds a way to get in some business. What you got, Professor Washington? What's on your mind today? Well, first of all, good evening again, gentlemen. Glad to be in the house with all the other esteemed professors. Y'all, I heard a comment that you cleaner than a, than a New Year's Day chili. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's, that's pretty clean. That's pretty clean. Thanks. <laughs> so my news of the day comes courtesy of HBCU Sports. Several, uh, in, not Instagram, but uh, other social media sites. It looks like Bluefield State College is petitioning for CIAA membership uh, after concluding it its uh, first. 40 years, Bluefield uh, State College is petitioning to become a member of the CIAA. Bluefield State has made its great strides in building its athletic program and increasing its student body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on so many levels, according to Vice President of Community Engagement at Bluefield State, Mr. Jim Nelson. So that is my news 
besides you being cleaner than a New Year's Day uh, chitlin. <laughs> I appreciate it. Let me go back to you, Charles. Before I ask you what other news you want to share, I got to get your thoughts on it. You know, and then and I'm going to let Mike share his thoughts. He just brought out the news. He ain't share his thoughts because he's so worried about how clean I am. I know I do that to people sometimes, you know, throw them off a little bit. So, Charles, what are your thoughts about the news Bluefield petition? I mean, CIAA didn't even have to recruit him. They like, we want in. Well, it looks like, you know, they, they bring something to the table for the CIAA. And we talk about the regionality of being up there uh, within that area. And, and we know they bring a, a pretty strong sports program. Uh, so uh, that's going to be uh, pretty pretty big news in terms of Bluefield trying to get into the CIAA. Yeah, we had the rumors out there, or talks, I should say, that University of District Columbia may be making that move as well. It'd be interesting to see maybe they partner and bring the two in. Uh, to keep the conference overall even so they can continue to split it in the division. So interesting. Um, going back to you, Mike, I know you talked about it, but what are your thoughts? Is, is that a good move? Is it something that you think the CIAA will eventually do, or will they politely tell them not at this time? So a, a couple of things, and I'm glad you asked, come to mind. Is Number one, uh, CB hit it on the back, regionality. You know, budget, you know, their basketball programs have not had the same success, you know, than some of the other program uh, What the women are like one in 11. So you wonder if it's a good match um, because the CIAA is a basketball conference. Uh, however, C uh, Bluefield State offers other programs. So you got, you know, soccer, golf, you know, other other sports. So I wonder in this petition, and on this consideration, what's the level? What are the factors? Is it regionality? Is it budget? Is it travel? What sports are good is in that in that evaluation as well? So a lot of factors, a lot of moving parts, a lot of data points. So I wonder how those things will figure out. The, the, the big thing to me is, is how it figures into the basketball scheme. Great points. And I think in a lot of ways, as they said, it kind of came out of there as you ponder that with great points and see where it go. I think in some ways, being an HBCU, I think they just want to kind of get back to the roots and think that it's going to help in terms of revitalizing the overall campus in terms of uh, student interest and student enrollment. It'll be interesting to see can that connection in terms of your cultural roots to some degree works. And I think it's intriguing because we just seen two HBCUs, well, really three, um, that for, to some degree left the confines of the culture in terms of HBCU conference. Hampton, North Carolina A&T, obviously leaving the MEAC for the Big South, uh, and then Xavier leaving for the Red River Athletic Conference, leaving the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference, which is currently a, a – uh, combination of all HBCU schools. Obviously, the Red River, to some degree, is a little different because they have multiple HBCUs in that conference, so you still have that connection. And even for A&T, A&T, um, going to the Big South, you did have Hampton over there. And that'll give us a chance a little later to talk about the rivalry game uh, reconnecting after like three, four years. They played last night, and Aggies got the best of it at home. So it'll be fascinating as we take a deeper dive in that in terms of the second a quarter of the show, but that's something that comes up to me in terms of what's going on there. Uh, so fascinating to see how that rolls forward. Charles, any additional news that you wanted to jump? 
Yeah, let's take a look. And this comes to us uh, courtesy of HBCU Game Day. HBCU Legacy Bowl announces the head coaches. Uh, of course, the Black College Hall of Fame announced the head coaches for the inaugural HBCU Legacy Bowl on Wednesday. Of course, uh, this matchup will be uh, the CIAA and the MEAC. Uh, and the SIAC and the SWAC will each be represented by its coaching staff. So uh, players from the CIAA and the MEAC will make up Team Gaither, uh, which will be coached by Damon Wilson from Bowie State and Coach Oliver Buddy Pugh from South Carolina State. And players from the SIAC and the SWAC will make up Team Robinson, of course, named after legendary grandma coach Eddie Robinson. And the coaches for Team Robinson are Gabe Jardina from Albany State and Willie Shotgun Simmons from Florida a and So, uh, the coaches being named here in the HBCU Legacy Bowl. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Go back to you, Mike. What else do you want to put on the table today? And man, I'm glad you asked. Um, I think one of our listeners, I had this, this up off of uh, the, this comes to us courtesy of the Tennessean. Um, as of, I guess, yesterday, Eddie George uh, has hired UTEP's Theron H. as Tennessee State football offensive coordinator. So Texas El Paso wide receiver coach Theron H. is Tennessee State's new offensive coordinator, uh, according to the latest. Uh, He replaced Hugh Jackson, who became the Grandman State coach in December. So H. is in his second year stint at UTEP. He was there previously as the assistant wide receivers coach in 2016. He spent four years in between as a wide receiver and tight ends coach at Arizona. So new hires in the football ranks. Nice, nice. I see what you did there. I see where you went there. Fascinating since you talk about that. Miles College, uh, you got any smoke out of the chimney? Have they named the coach? I understand they had the final three uh, finalists, if you would. Uh, or Prairie View, do they have offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator over there? Uh, Prairie View, since you're naming all these coaching hires, do you got anything for those two, three positions out there? So now he wants to get silent on us. He must not have anything. Let me go to this, <laughs> no, we'll we go start- to this break. Boy, I tell you, I tell you, now he wants to get quiet on. <laughs> Let's go I, here. I, I, I was listening for the mouth. Huh? You got I, said, I, I said I was listening for the mile. I was like, who, who, who's in the hot for mile? I, I, they told me I couldn't say it yet, so I'm going to wait. Hey, it's a pretty big name. Two of them. Yeah. Two of them are yeah. big names. I heard. Big name. Big name. Big okay. name. Okay. You were familiar with them. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I'll tell y'all fair. I'll tell y'all fair. Tempo. 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get in there. I'll save it. They told me I can't say it. That's the consultant side, not the media side. I know some of these folks get to leak that stuff. I can't do that. Uh, with that, college football news, they talk about number three. They have a top 70-some list of uh, – oh, well, they list all the 60-plus bowl games. And coming in at number three is Coach Buddy Pugh, as we call him, Oliver Pugh. South Carolina State for the Cricket Celebration Bowl. This is courtesy of co- uh, Executive Director John Grant sent this to me. The world showed up to watch the flash dash of Deion Sanders, Lee Jackson State, and South Carolina State had other ideas. You want to see the disrespect turn into motivation. Looks like the 6-5 team held on to 11-1 double-digit favorite to under 200 yards, just 19 of the ground, and 31 run after the first quarter. Shout out to Coach Buddy Pugh. 
sounds like he did more looking at Jackson State than they did shout out to Coach Buddy Pugh in terms of what they did. That's always intriguing to me of how you play down somebody else instead of play somebody up. So anyway, thought I'd put it out there, trying to give some love to Coach Pugh, well-deserved in terms of what he did there. Let's go to this break. We'll come back in the second quarter. I want to get into uh, Stephen Gaither. HBCU game, they gave a top 10. So we're going to come back. We're going to look at this top 10, and I want to get y'all thoughts on this power ranking, essentially. You know, we're releasing ours a little later. I'm saving it. I'm working with the computers. They're mixing it up a little bit in the lab. I'm waiting to the perfect time to turn out the data before I give it to you. So in between time, we're going to see what Stephen Gaither has with the power ranking, see what if we if it makes sense in terms of these Division One teams. I want to see what the professors think. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot of So listen to Professor Yesa and pay attention. This is Dr. Ville inside the HBC Sports Lab. I'm going into the lab. I put on the lab jacket. Y'all like my lab jacket? We're going back in the lab since Stephen Gaither is unveiling this power ranking. He said, we're going to see if he knows what he's talking about. We're going to test him. This is on HBCU game day, HBCU basketball power ranking. D1, that is. I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm going to go to number 10 and walk you up, see what your thoughts is. We'll get in those bottom five programs. Alcorn State, 4-11, out of SWAT. Coach Bussey jumps off conference, gets a win against his rival. We talked a little bit about that. Now he's 3-0. Going back to Morgan State, had a game counts COVID, but they did get one in. Overall, they're 6-7 and 1-0 and in the MEAC. At number eight, surprising some people, is Tennessee State, 6-8 overall. Uh, but they're 1-1 one one in terms of the OVC, pretty solid. 
And obviously, this is on the men's side. And number seven, South Carolina State, 7-2, in terms of the MEAC. Actually, I think they're 0-2 after that second conference loss uh, they played there. But at number six, you have North Carolina Central, 6-9. and nine. They haven't been able to play a conference game, so we don't have anything for it. That's the bottom six. Let's stop right there and take a break, uh, see what you think. Going to you, Charles. Bottom six, any concerns in terms of what you see there? I know it's early to do a power ranking. Uh, yeah, but, uh, you do have your non-conference games. These folks that perform well in conference games got off to a quick start. Well, I, I think the one that, that really jumps out for me is Alcorn mm-hmm. coming in at number 10. Uh, and I think uh, very rightly so. Uh, when you jump into conference play, um, not many people were expecting much out of Alcorn this upcoming season. But to jump out of conference play, all wins on the road. Uh, when you take a look at them, a uh, win over Jackson State on the road, uh, then they s- sweep the Alabama. So, a uh, huge uh, start for all corner in conference play, and they rightly deservedly uh, should be right there at number 10. Good point. Good point. Let me go to Professor Washington when you look at what you have here. So, six yeah. to 10, any concerns, any I questions? Do you agree with it? You line up? Does he know what he's doing on his power rankings? Mr. Gates, no, we haven't gotten into the meat and where my comments lie, but I think there's some concerns when you get <laughs> higher in this. So I, I, I do raise concerns. Alcorn wins on the road. They're looking really well. They're also tops in the division and point differential. I, I think it's a little early for power rankings, personally, until, they, until you have da- equal data points that you can share. Um, look, equal data apples, points? Is he, apples, I, he, apples. Hey, I'm the one with the lab jacket, brother. <laughs> so, uh, especially when you get into well, I'll let you get higher because I have some comments about A and T, the Aggies being ranked higher than Howard as well. So I'll let you go. I won't steal the show. Go ahead. No, you fine. We get right into it. That brings us to it at number five. It's Howard six and six overall. Also hadn't played a conference game. They sit at number five. Played well non-conference. Coach Kennedy Blakely, Blakeney. Uh, has done pretty well in terms of what he has going on there. <laughs> Obviously took a hit last year, couldn't play many games, end up counseling, but they keep going. Let's get into what we got here in terms of – let's see what we got next at number four. Let's get into North Carolina A&T sitting at 8-9-3-0. Big South, this gives me a chance to talk about the fact they had that win over Hampton last night. It was at home in terms of a home game. Started out a little ebb and flow. Got a little tizzy and ugly in there after A&T put up a couple of threes and ran it out to 20. Had some folks, you know, not agreeing in terms of how each other's breath smelled. So they got up in each other and had <laughs> fouls in terms of that and put some folks out of the game. And, uh, but credit to the Pirates. They fall back and got it into eight. And A&T pushed away and pulled out and got it done late. Even at the end of the game, you had an intriguing foul with literally just seconds left on the clock. And Coach Jordan's like, no, he's going to shoot them free throws. He went to the line and waited. Everybody waited. They got the free throws. So it's intriguing in terms of that matchup. But we'll talk a little bit more about that. Credit to the Aggies, the 3-0 and in their inaugural season in the Big South. Bring us to number three, Texas Southern. Five and eight overall, but three and one in the sweat. Lost that opener in a lot of ways to Southern. 
They had that long layout. Can you blame on that? Or is Southern just that good? We'll see. Maybe we'll find out as you go to number two. No, it is Norfolk State, 10-4, and 1-0 and in terms of the MEAC. Um, they got that 10th win. It was a conference game, 1-0. and uh, after it was postponed to COVID, they were able to get it in in terms of the middle of the week. They can't continue to do what they just do, which is win. It'll be interesting to see how Norfolk State plays the rest of the season. Well, number one is Southern, 10-7 overall, 4-0 um, and in terms of the conference race, playing some really good basketball, got the huge win over Texas Southern. They got the forfeit over Prairie View. Um, but it'll be fascinating as they continue to roll. They go on the road and get big wins in Alabama. Teams that, that were playing pretty well in Alabama and m was expected to do pretty well in the season, so it'll be fascinating to see what goes on there. So we get into our top five. Mike was chopping out of the bits to get to this, so let me go to Mike first. <laughs> Uh, as he said, he got some concerns about this top five. I know. Okay, see, CB, where am I going with this? Where am I going go, with this? You got to go Howard and a and I, I, I know you got to go there. Howard a and exactly. Correct me if I'm wrong. They played head-to-head. Who won? Uh, Howard whooped them. Howard, convincingly. Yes, yeah. you have Howard. Below, you have North Carolina. Uh, their their wins are, you know, Presbyterian, Radford, Mid-Atlantic. They haven't gotten into the meat of their schedule. I know it's tough to compare from Big South, but they had a head-to-head loss against Howard. Convincing. Did I say convincingly? Oh, by the way, I meant convincingly. Equal 57 yeah. Yes. So I have a big issue with that one. Great point. Great point. Gaither, you're going to have to go back to the power lab. We're going to bring you over in the lab. We're going to have to show you how to mix this stuff up, man. You, you got to work on your ranking. Let's see what Professor Bishop said. I mean, that, that was the one that really stood out to me because when I saw A&T uh, in front of Howard, I was like, wait a second. I, I had to go and pull a Mike Washington. Let me go back and look at the head-to-head. And I looked and saw the head-to-head. I was like, wait just a second. What do we have here? Is the, is the Big South power ranking that much better than the BX? Uh, I don't know about all that. So, uh, <laughs> so I don't know. It's, it's early. Uh, I, I guess Steve will pass on this uh, uh, A&T in front of Howard. But uh, Howard, that, that, they, that was a 22-point win uh, earlier back in December. Yes, yes. I, I was looking at the Texas Southern sitting at 5-8, and 3-1. I can see why you have a lot of respect for Texas Southern, ranked high. But it's interesting at five and eight, they're a little higher than, you know, A&T, that sits at eight and nine, still losing record. But as you said, six and six, 500 team, nice in terms of Texas Southern getting that much love early in the season. I do think power-wise in terms of what they're doing, you got to get in that top 20 win against Florida. That's going to carry a long way in terms of the power ranking. Um, And their loss in conference play is to a Southern team that you have Number one. So I can see some ways how you get up there, but I thought he gave uh, some generous love to Texas Southern University, but I can see why. I can see why. I think what's going to be really interesting is watching Southern through the course of the year. Uh, they were really wrecked by injuries last year, but you know, Sean Woods teams, they get after it. And when you got a, a healthy Jalen Sadler, I think the Jaguars are going to be a tough, tough out uh, this upcoming season. Yeah, yeah. I did want to get into one more thing while I still have Vlad jacket on before we get into this next break. Uh, we discussed discuss on Tuesday about Chicago State. Um, 
being reviewed by me acting to some degree OBC. One of the things I did want to bring out, while a lot of people are talking about the geography and the travel, it's important for folks to understand while the MIAC is sound uh, with the 16s for football, no automatic bid, because uh, they go to Celebration Bowl, but they're not in jeopardy of losing it even with six. And they're at eight in basketball. Um, you look at OBC, obviously we hear that Murray State is leaving, so this puts them at five football programs. But the bigger issue is the fact that they're at six in terms of baseball. Um, well, to have a Division One classification as a conference to be able to receive all your automatic bids, you have to play enough sports overall, you know, six and seven in terms men's and women's. So the fact that the MEAC uh, is below the numbers of their automatic in, in terms of baseball as well as OBC is a reason why you would see teams maybe push a little harder to bring a team in like Chicago State because they have the baseball program even though they're looking at uh, considering uh, in terms of football. But the big issue is you need, the MEAC needs over the next two years, they need to get uh, baseball at six or they're in jeopardy of losing that conference division one classification. So that's an important point that I think a lot of people are missing in terms of trying to understand what is going on. So obviously we talked about the division two arrangements of bringing up Virginia State, Bowie State, as well as maybe Winston-Salem State. And some people say it probably should be Fayetteville State even before Winston-Salem State, uh, which to me is nice in terms of creating rivalries for those uh, programs that are already in there in terms of Morgan State, uh, Norfolk State that we just talked about, obviously, as well as North Carolina Central regionally, uh, respected for each of those programs. But you would have to have them wait the four years in terms of reclassification process, which is not what they're going to count when they look at the classification of a programs, not only looking for the automatic bid, but also in terms of the collection of number of sports you play in the conference. So those are some things that you want to keep your eyes on in terms of the OVC as they dipping down in some major issues in terms of the number of teams they have and how does it affect Tennessee State over there, and then obviously the MEAC as well. So wanted to go in the lab and kind of provide some framing a little deeper than what we did uh, because – couple of people text and ask some questions and I wanted to share that in regards to why you could see Chicago State being suited from the OVC uh, and even the MEAC even though you talk about distance and things of that nature um, that's one of the reasons that you can see that taking place with that let's go into our second break we'll come back and now it's time to get into some of these matchups on Saturday and Monday uh, in regards to what you can expect for some big action this weekend. It should be fascinating to see what's going on. Also, you have Tennessee State tonight. Keep your eyes on that. Women are trying to get to seven in a row, five and oh. They were leading at halftime by three. We'll get a chance to give you an update in terms of the score there, and we'll see how things are in action going on. Stick it with us as we get into the third quarter, second half of the show. Let's bring it. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. No. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Supermarket sushi, really? 
No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like really loves. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Press the analytic data with your hip hop If you know them like I know them They gon' tell you if your team If they want a lot left And who the ball so listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. want to get a little bit into this uh, Tennessee State game, give you an update there. Uh, they are now trailing 57 to 50, so their win streak is in jeopardy. They're in the fourth quarter, 8-17 left, plenty of time to get it going on. But I did want to give a shout out to Gia Adams, that freshman that hit that a half-court shot that kind of started this win streak in conference play. Um, she is a freshman out of Houston, Texas, talented, and she's putting up 19 points. So she is doing what she does uh, in terms of getting it done in a lot of ways. Shout out to McCullough as she got eight rebounds and she's playing a pretty strong game. Uh, that is Sierra uh, with uh, eight rebounds and 10 points. She's Touching on that double-double, so it's fascinating to see what they're going to do on the Tennessee State side. So we'll keep an eye on that uh, as we get into it a little more in terms of some of these other women's games in terms of conference. Any thoughts from you, Charles, in terms of Tennessee State, what they've been able to do thus far, uh, even in terms of this matchup with that freshman sensation? Uh, Gia putting up 19 points and just continue to show uh, as a leading candidate of freshman of the year. Uh, thus far, what she's able to do with Tennessee State. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, she's done a tremendous job. And you talk about Tennessee State coming out the gates fast uh, in terms of what they've been able to do thus far. Uh, you just hope they continue to keep that momentum going and in conference play and they are really able to uh, show the OBC what Tennessee State basketball is about. Looking forward to what they can do going forward. Yeah. Mike, your thoughts on Tennessee State? It's definitely impressive uh, what they've been able to do up to this point. I would be interested in, and I pause with hesitation to see what they do once they get into conference play. Can they maintain that level of competitiveness? Because, you know, they're out the gates, they're on fire. Uh, but I, I wonder down the stretch, you know, when they get into the meat of the conference play, can they maintain that intensity, that scoring uh, uh, prowess, if you will? Yeah, you see that a little bit with Murray State that is, is doing uh, relatively well in the conference. They started out, they're 10-4 and four overall and 2-1. and one. And obviously, like you said, you're getting more in the meeting that schedule and you're going to have to find yourself up against Belmont, who's not only strong as we know on the men's side, but also pretty strong on the women's side. So that's one to keep your eyes on in terms of that matchup. 
And then Saturday, as we talk about the next one, they go up against Moorhead State. Moorhead State is just one in 13. So no matter what they do in this game, they got to find a way to get that game and maintain some momentum. They can find a way to come back would be a huge story. But even if that's not the case, they have a chance to lease uh, split in terms of what's going on there uh, in terms of those matchups. Let's get into the swag in terms of what we see coming up on Saturday. You have Texas Southern going into Alcorn. Um, Texas Southern got those big wins at home this weekend. Can they continue to bounce back? Alcorn on the women's side is struggling. But the matchup that you want to talk about goes into uh, Monday when you got Jackson State that is just rolling. Cynthia Cooper is getting back. Um, women are playing better. They get a couple of more players. Is it going to be enough? Or is Jackson State going to continue to make the statements that they are a step above everybody else? Yeah, Bethune Cookman at Valley. Interesting to see what's going on. Those, those two teams are looking uh, for some uh, conference wins in terms of what's going on there. Bethune Cookman 0 3, Valley 0 4. Somebody's going to get uh, a conference win in terms of uh, what's going on in that matchup. So, Fascinating to see what you see there. Other ones that you have is Alabama A&M and Alabama State. The rivalry uh, in terms of bragging rights for the state of Alabama should be fascinating to see with that matchup. Both teams coming off uh, losses to Jackson State this past weekend. You have Prairie View at Jackson State uh, in terms of Saturday to start things off, and then they go into Alcorn. Prairie View's kind of played up and down. You got Southern and Grambling. That's another rivalry that you talk about, obviously, in terms of that matchup. Should be fascinating to see what's going on there. Southern women's playing really well. Grambling, not so much. But it's something about those rivalry games that uh, gets your blood boiling, as they say, if you're Carlos Brown, uh, particularly with some of the teams such as FAMU or Jackson State. But this time, it's the rivalry. Grambling got it done on the football side. Can you get some payback on the basketball hardwood? Then you have FAMU taking their trip to Arkansas Pine Bluff. Arkansas Pine Bluff uh, went into Texas, struggled uh, on the men's side, but on the women's side, they got some big wins after going up. So can you see Pine Bluff getting rolling here? It'd be fascinating to see where FAMU did get a win. Let me start with you, Charles, in terms of women's basketball. Any matchup between Saturday and Monday that sticks out to you, or what do you say about those matchups going there? I think the one that you touched on, Texas Southern and uh, Jackson State on Monday night, I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup. Uh, the question for Texas Southern is can they keep their scoring prowess up? They did it uh, tremendously, 100 points the other night, but uh, it's a different sort of ball club when you're dealing with Jackson State because you got <laughs> to be able to – Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah just a little bit. <laughs> you got to be able to rebound the ball, and, and that's something that uh, Jackson State right. kind of wears you down on. Misha Williams Holiday – uh, one of the uh, top scorers in the conference as well as top rebounding in the conference. And what they did in Alabama this past weekend was phenomenal. Big 20-point wins in both of those contests. So that Monday night matchup with Texas Southern Jackson State is one that I'm going to keep my eye on. Yeah, I know they're getting some players back, but it's be interesting in terms of Texas Southern, how deep they're going to go on the roster. Because when I think of, about Jackson State, not only talent in terms of their starters, but they're deep as well. Yeah, so they can rotate and they like to pressure you. They they like to go after you and wear you down in a lot of ways in terms of the physicality they play, as you saw about rebounding on the board. So they're going to go after you. With that thoughts, Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of any matchups for you this weekend in terms of on the women's side? Anything that jumps out to you from the SWAC matchups? Charles, 
Sorry, I think I was on mute. But uh, that Jackson State, I'm sorry, my internet is a little off here in the hotel. That Jackson State game, is that a home or away game? Home. Jackson State is at home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I, I, I think it's intriguing. And here's why I say that. You have Jackson State women's basketball, you know, scoring 74 points a game, allowing their opponents only 65. On the other hand, you have Texas Southern scoring 60 points a game, but they're allowing their opponents on average of 80. Now, some of that includes kind of out-of-conference games, you know, maybe uh, stronger opponents. The, the, the reason I say that is that that defense, that scoring bench, that scoring depth of Jackson State is going to come to the fray. I think you've got to give a home factor. It'll be interesting. Um, you, you do think that Texas Southern has the talent, but at home with depth, it'll be interesting to see how that comes to the fray. Let me stick with you, Mike. I'm going to jump into the MEAC on the women's side, and then uh, we'll go into that last quarter looking at some of the men's matchups. But as you do that, when you're talking about the women's side of the MEAC, uh, we're going to have to, you know, think about what should be played because all the games were basically canceled, postponed is, is what they use now in terms of COVID-19. So there's literally only one conference game that was able to be played. It was Norfolk State versus North Carolina Central. Norfolk State got it done. So they are 1-0 in conference and North Carolina Central is 0-1. Uh, but when you think about everybody else, uh, they haven't even played a game, which brings us to this. You have North Carolina Central that is going to seek to get a game in against South Carolina State, 1 o'clock tip-off there. You have Norfolk State that does have the conference win going against Howard. Howard is usually strong. Remember, they won it last year. So it'll be interesting to see, is Norfolk uh, making their next move? And they've been strong. Can they turn the tide on Howard Bison? But then you have Coppin State and Morgan State, obviously the battle of Maryland, very – Tough games in terms of rivals. Be interesting to see what happens there. You were supposed to get the Maryland at Delaware State, but that game was also postponed. So COVID is racking havoc in the MEAC, particularly on the women's side. With that being said, sticking with you, Mike, any of these matchups have your interest. Obviously, when you flip it on Monday, um, the only game you have scheduled for Monday is Howard at Maryland Eastern Shore. Uh, but with that being said, what are your thoughts in terms of the matchups? Uh, taking place for the media. Yeah, and this this conference, as you mentioned to Doc, is kind of hard to kind of put your hands around because of the COVID factor. A little few more yeah. times. But, you know, you, you you look at Coppin State, and they have scoring leaders such as Jay, Jay Alexander, Aaliyah Lawson, Daphne Red. They're, they're like in the top four or five in scoring. So in the absence of, you know, you know, sure head-to-head battles. It's kind of hard to put your hand around. So I look forward to that Coppin State game. Um, Norfolk State's got a guard kind of a wing player named Camille Downs. I want to see how she plays if she get if they get a chance to play a complete game. If you look at the top scoring, you, you look at who's tops, but it's hard to weigh that. And it's hard to look at head-to-head factor because – of the cancellation. So those two games, those two teams interest me most going into the weekend. Yes, yes. Uh, when you talk about that, let me go to you, Charles. Any thoughts that you have in addition to that in terms of that? I know it's tough when you just yeah. see all these COVID cancellation postponement. Uh, hated for the players' uh, nature. We saw, to some degree, a lot of this go on in the SWAC last year, uh, but now it's rearing its head in the MEAC. Uh, what are your thoughts in terms of the women? 
side of yeah, things. Yeah, I, I mean, on the women's side of things, like, like Mike said, I'm a little discombobulated in terms of uh, who's even playing uh, with, with with regards to uh, COVID uh, rearing its ugly head. But uh, I think, Mike, you touched on her. You got a couple of scores from Coppin State, Jai Alexander, or Leah Lawson, uh, just get an opportunity to catch both of those uh, double-digit scores in, in action. They can get back out on the court. So, so, so whoever Coppin State is uh, taking on, if it's, you know, not wrecked with a, another postponement, those are the games that I kind of keep my eyes on. Great points made by both of you. Let's get into the fourth quarter. We'll take this break and come back and give you some updates in terms of what to look forward to on the men's side of basketball coming up this weekend, Saturday and Monday twist. Uh, we'll review um, your expectation for that Thursday-Saturday game for Tennessee State. They play after this, play Murray State. So it'll be interesting to see, can Tennessee State make a statement? Is Murray State that always has a solid basketball program? Or uh, will some other uh, ideas in terms of races as they leave the OVC, will they look to make a statement as they uh, head up north? With that, stick with us as we take our last break and get into the fourth quarter and give you some updates on the men's side. We'll be right back after this break. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left, and who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And pay attention, because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Will with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Charles Bishop. Mike has had to go on assignment as he continues to take care of business. We're going to see if we can close it out on the men's side and give you some Division One updates. Let's start out, as we said, you had the women's game on earlier. We're going to get into the men's side of this. This is Tennessee State and Murray State. Uh, Murray State is 12-2 and two <laughs> in terms of their overall season, really getting it done in non-conference. Tennessee State is a respectable 6-8, one and 1-1 one in the conference. Chance to make a major statement. It'll be fascinating to see what they do there. Obviously, on Saturday, they host Moorhead State. Um, these home games are, are huge, so you want to get that against Morgan State. I mean, Moorhead State, I should say. Uh, but it's going to be tough on the road to Murray State. So I'm interested to see after we get off this, I get a chance to watch that game. So next week I'll give you some updates of what Tennessee State did. 
with that being said, we already talked about uh, Hampton and A&T out of the uh, Big South. So let's get into uh, what's to look forward in the MEAC. They had a couple of more games played than you've seen on the women's side. So when you talk about the standings there, uh, you have Norfolk State sitting at 1-0. We talked about the fact that they're 10-4 when we looked at the power ranking, Morgan State. Six and seven, one and zero as well. But you have Coppin State, two and fourteen on the season, but they got a big conference win, which means at the bottom you have Delaware State. South Carolina State is actually zero two, seven and two, as they took a loss uh, this weekend as they paired up against Coppin State and Oregon State. So tough one there when you uh, see it going on. Let's get back and tell you a little bit about uh, the games to look forward to on Saturday, and then we'll reflect on Monday. You have Norfolk State at Howard. Uh, 10 and 4, Howard 6 and 6, power ranking, whether you agree with it or not, you certainly can say top 10 teams, D1 power rankings there should be fascinating. Somebody gets to make a statement. How is at home? Can they uh, really make a statement against Norfolk State, which many people think are the class of the conference? You have North Carolina Central, South Carolina State. They've been off for a long time. Uh, so South Carolina State has played a couple of conference games. Can North Carolina Central go on the road? and get this matchup. Central stands at 6-9, and nine, and they were playing well before they had to go on that COVID hiatus, if you will. They'd won like three of the last four games playing really well. Uh, you have Coppin State, <coughs> Morgan State. We talked about, obviously, the Mar- Mar- uh, Maryland side of that rivalry there is important. And then Maryland Eastern Shore at Delaware, guess what? It is postponed. Uh, also on Monday, you have Notre Dame scheduled to play Howard. Um, yeah. That is that Dr. Martin Luther King classic. They tried to play last year that was canceled, but it looks like they rescheduled it. So that's great to see. That is a 1:30 game. It happens to be on Fox, so you can tune it in and see what's going on. And again, that game is not in Notre Dame. That game is at Howard in Washington, D.C. on campus. <laughs> Norfolk State and Maryland Eastern Shore. Charles, I would imagine the one that you're looking at is not necessarily a conference game, it's Notre Dame. And Howard, you can speak a little bit about your interest on that MLK Day. Um, or also, if you would add in, what is a conference game that also intrigues you this past this weekend? Howard, Norfolk State. Uh, that's the one that, that catches my eye. You got two of the, uh, the better scores in the MEAC and Joe Bryan and Cal Foster uh, getting it on. Both of them double-digit scores. Uh, Joe Bryan, 15.2 points per game. Kyle Foster, 14.7. So uh, those are those games – uh, that game in particular jumps out at me. Howard has three scores in double digits. Kyle, uh, Steve Settle and Elijah Hawkins as well. So uh, that should be a very interesting matchup in terms of uh, we, we get a, a nice power ranking matchup, if you will, with Howard and Norfolk State. Yes, good point, good point. Let's go into the SWAC and see what's going on big weekend. Obviously, we talked about the women's games. So you know what the matchups are, but we'll give them to you again because uh, we'll give some records to let you know what's going on here on the men's side, which we didn't talk about when we talked about the women. On the men's side, it's fascinating to me because obviously it's all one conference, uh, but ESPN still has it in the divisional setup. So it always uh, is intriguing to see how would that play out if you did it that way. But at the top of the conference, you have Southern sitting at 4-0, and uh, Alcorn at 3-0, and and then you get a couple of teams that have one loss, Texas Southern at 3-1, and as well as Alabama A&M at 3-1. And, and then you get into those two-loss teams when you have Alabama State is sitting at 500 at 2-2. Two two. 
Uh, you also have Grandland sitting at 500 at two and two in terms of the conference race. And then you have uh, Bethune Cookman and FAMU, their inaugural season in the SWAC in terms of basketball on the men's side. They both sit at one and two, uh, playing several games at home. So it's going to get tougher as they get on the road in terms of that first half of the season as we like to watch it. Really struggling is Prairie View and Pine Bluff at one and three. Interesting thing about Prairie View is their four games, they have not played with Coach Smith. Mm. Uh, we talked a little bit on the women's side. What will that mean for Prairie View? Is that one of the sleepers where you say the record may not be what they are? Had two well, cancellations mean forfeit in terms of the first two games? So it's, to me, that's an intriguing team to keep your eyes on just to see um, what their record will reflect as they move on. Uh, and maybe there may be a little more talent than their record reflects. They did have the loss to Valley, so you got to talk about that in terms of the concern uh, as you have Valley sitting at one and three, and then you have Jackson State, which nobody would have believed if you would have put money on it, that they would be at 0 and three. This is a team that went undefeated along with Prairie View with cold regular season championships, had a overtime semifinals loss uh, to Texas Southern that eventually went on to win the tournament defeating Prairie View after losing two close games last year to Prairie View in the season. Enough of the history. Let's talk about some of these matchups and see what you thought, thought are, as we said, Texas Southern and Alcorn, Bethune-Cookman at Valley, Alabama at Alabama State, rivalry game, Prairie View at Jackson State. Fascinating. Both teams want a win bad in terms of Jackson State just to get off the snide and then Prairie View to see if they can get any momentum. That's fascinating to me. Then you got the rivalry in Louisiana, Southern and Grambling, Florida A&M at Pine Bluff. AMU takes that road trip uh, as this is their um, road game in terms of Pine Bluff. It'd be interesting. You don't think much of Pine Bluff and Valley, but those are some tough places to play. <laughs> so I'm intrigued about that as well. I keep telling you, I'm wanting to see. What these Florida schools do as they get in the conference is just different in a lot of ways. Uh, and so, you know, on Monday, it just switches up. So now you have Texas Southern at Jackson, the Dole Cookman at Arkansas, FAMU at Valley, uh, Prairie View at Alcorn State. What are your thoughts in terms of these matchups collectively Saturday and Monday? What stands out to you, Charles? Uh, so first things first is uh, Coach Byron Smith, is he back with the team this weekend? It's my understanding, yes, that he's back. Um, and um, so that should be intriguing and different. So unless something has changed quickly, but my understanding that he got the go and he's been at practice this week. Yeah. And cut those five players, they got like two of them black on Monday, and you saw what they did against Pine Bluff. But it's my understanding the other three that were in COVID protocol, they're back. The two were held out with slight injuries, uh, but they seem to play well um, in terms of what's going on there. So you're talking about a, a – more robust, true example of Prairie View uh, this weekend. So great question you're asking. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing that you take a look at, uh, especially with the Texas two-step uh, going to Mississippi this weekend. We get an opportunity to see uh, this Alcorn team. They've done all their damage on the road thus far, but now they get uh, Prairie View and Texas Southern at home this weekend. A great uh, uh, teacher-student matchup Monday night with uh, Prairie View uh, and, and Alcorn with Landon Bussier and Coach Smith. So looking forward to uh, seeing that matchup, uh, and that should be a great matchup. But no worse time. Jackson State 0-3, and they get 
potentially two of the better teams in the conference coming to them this weekend in Prairie View and Texas Southern. Jackson State has to come out fighting. They got to they got to show something this weekend because you don't want to go down on five uh, going forward in, in this conference season. So uh, those are the intriguing matchups in the M Doc. That Monday night, Florida A and M and Mississippi Valley. <laughs> you know, all the weird stuff happens on Monday night, and you talk about a Florida A and M on the back end of that long road trip to uh, Pine Bluff and the Mississippi Valley, and then you get Valley that Monday night. That's a weird one to watch. Keep your eye on. Yeah, point well taken. You always talk about that Monday on a road trip is the one that you want to be a little nervous about uh, as you talk about, which is another example of what you talk about Prairie View. Uh, going in to uh, the mentor and the prof- uh, professor, the teacher, if you would, uh, in that matchup. Um, fascinating to see how that works out. So, yeah, some good games matchup as we start to get a couple of more data points, as Mike would say. Gonna be fascinating this weekend to see what goes on and with the collection of Division One. As we come back on Tuesday, we'll give you some updates on the mid-major uh, uh, division, if you would, in terms of what's going on in SIEC and CIAA. We told you about the uh, rankings in terms of what's going on, but we'll keep an eye on some matchups. We gave you a little taste of it in terms of Winston Salem State. Keep your eyes on them sitting at three and zero. They're playing some good basketball. We'll see uh, what that happens, especially when they get the coach back. You imagine they'll be even stronger in terms of what's going on there that'll do it for us today thank you for listening to inside hbcu sports lab make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues i am dr kenyataville the dean of hbcu sports coming from inside the lab college of hbcu sports with mike watch and charles bishop again we want to thank you for listening to dr Ville's inside the hbcu sports lab with mike watch and charles bishop that's every tuesday and thursday right here at six o'clock all those lab listeners out there saw where you gave a shout out when you talked about chicago state and Council Baseball, but I'm talking about they'll be able to bring it back quickly, as you imagine, if they make that move. And then you have – and they're still Division One, so they don't have to worry about, like, a Division Two team if they come back up with it. Also, shout out to Anthony West. He talks about that kid from Valley getting hot from the outside. Yeah, I saw it up close. You're right. Uh, whether that was Alabama A&M or what he did to Prairie View, when he gets to going, he is hot to, to try. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest news in the lab. Keep it coming. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-H-C-A-V-I-L. Again, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-H-C-A-V-I-L. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Inside HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Facebook and YouTube is Inside HBC Sports Lab on YouTube and Facebook. If you go there, like, subscribe, share. Make sure you get the information out to the people so we can continue to give the people what they want. Dream big and continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Roy? Lecture. Dismissed.